0: There's something new on Airs L.A. every day. I'm your host, Annette Bro, and every Monday, I review varying events that happen during This Week in History, brought to you from A&E Networks, The History Channel, and History.com. June 19, on this date in history in the year 2006, construction on the Global Seed Vault begins. On the remote island of Spitsbergen, halfway between mainland Norway and the North Pole, the prime ministers of Norway, Sweden, Finland, Denmark, and Iceland lay the ceremonial first stone of the global seed vault. The vault, which now has the capacity to hold 2.25 billion seeds, is intended to provide insurance against both incremental and catastrophic loss of crop diversity. Managed Jointly by the Global Crop Diversity Trust, the Crop Trust, the Nordic Genetic Resource Center, Nordgen, and the Norwegian government, the seed vault grew out of several different efforts to preserve specimens of the world's plants. Its location, deep within a high mountain on an island covered by permafrost, is ideal for cold storage and will protect the seeds even in the event of a major rise in sea levels. The enormous vault, where seeds can be stored in such a way that they remain viable for decades or even centuries, opened in 2008. According to the Crop Trust, the seed vault is meant to preserve crop diversity and contribute to the global struggle to end hunger. As rising temperatures and other aspects of climate change threaten the Earth's plants, there is risk of not only losing species, but also becoming overly reliant. On those that remain, making humanity more vulnerable and increasing food insecurity. Scientists also strive to create newer, more resilient varieties of crops that already exist, and the seed bank functions as a reserve from which they can draw for experimental purposes. July 20. On this date in space history in the year 1969, Buzz Aldrin took Holy Communion on the Moon When Apollo 11's Eagle Lunar Module landed on the Moon on July 20, 1969, astronauts Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin had to wait before venturing outside. Their mission ordered them to take a pause before the big event. So Aldrin used, some of the time, doing something unexpected something no man had ever attempted before. Alone and overwhelmed by anticipation, he took part in the first Christian sacrament ever performed on the moon, a rite of Christian communion. June 21. On this date in history in the year 1965, Mr. Tambourine Man is released and the folk rock revolution is on. The Birds' debut album, Mr. Tambourine Man, marked the beginning of the folk rock revolution. In just a few months, The Birds had become a household name with a number one single and a smash hit album that married the ringing guitars and backbeat of the British invasion with the harmonies and lyrical depth of folk to create an entirely new sound. Perhaps someone else could have listened to the bright guitar lines of the Beatles' Ticket to Ride and to Bob Dylan's original Mr. Tambourine Man, and had the idea of somehow combining the two, but neither of those recordings existed when the Birds' Roger McGuinn devised his group's new sound. Newly signed to Columbia Records, the Birds had access to an early demo version of Mr. Tambourine Man even before their label mate, Bob Dylan, had had a chance to record it for his own upcoming album. On January 20, 1965, they entered the studio to record what would become the title track of their debut album and, incidentally, the only Bob Dylan song ever to reach number 1 on the U.S. pop charts. Aiming consciously for a vocal style in between Dylan's and Lennon's, McGuinn sang lead, with Gene Clark and David Crosby providing the complex harmony that would along with McGuinn's jangly electric 12-string Rickenbacker guitar form the basis of the Birds trademark sound that sound which would influence countless groups from Big Star to the Bangles in decades to come had an immediate and profound impact on the Birds contemporaries and even on the artists who inspired it in the first place Wow, man, you can't even dance to that, was Bob Dylan's reaction to hearing what the birds had done with Mr. Tambourine Man. Just days before the hugely influential album of the same name was released to the public, on June 21, 1965, Dylan himself would be in a New York recording studio with an electric guitar in his hands, putting the finishing touches on like a rolling stone and setting the stage for his controversial Dylan Goes Electric performance at the Newport Folk Festival just one month later. June 22. On this date in history in the year 2001, blockbuster hit movie The Fast and the Furious is released. The Fast and the Furious, a crime drama based in the underground world of street racing in Southern California, debuts in theaters across the United States. In the film, directed by Rob Cohen, Paul Walker starred as Brian O'Connor, an undercover cop who infiltrates the illegal late-night racing scene in Los Angeles to catch a gang suspected of hijacking big rig trucks to get the parts to outfit their souped-up cars. As the movie opens, O'Connor is practicing his high-speed driving in order to blend in with his targets. His vehicle is a bright green 1995 Mitsubishi Eclipse, which he powers through an empty parking lot near Dodger Stadium. Later on, O'Connor loses the title to the Mitsubishi to Dominic Toretto, Vin Diesel, the leader of the gang of suspected thieves after a street race. Tortetto, the reigning king of the streets, dominates the competition in his powerful fire-engine red 1993 Mazda RX-7 twin-turbo. In another scene, Toretto drives a hulking vintage 1969-1970 Dodge Charger. These were just three of the cars featured prominently in the high-speed, high-impact racing scenes that punctuate the Fast and the Furious. The screenplay for the film was based on an article about the street racing scene titled Racer X, written by Kenneth Lee and published in Vibe magazine in 1998. Street racing, an illegal practice that should not be confused with drag racing, which is a popular sport most commonly done on a track along a straight drag strip, began in the early 1990s on the roads and highways of Southern California. Mostly among young Asian Americans, but quickly spread, Lee's article chronicled the adventures of a racer living in New York City. Like many street racers, the characters in The Fast and the Furious favor low slung Acura Integras, Honda Civics, and other common Japanese made compact cars that are modified so that they can reach speeds of around 160 miles per hour. Despite mixed reviews from critics, The Fast and the Furious was an unexpected hit at the box office. It spawned several sequels. June 23. On this date in history, in the year 2013, Walenda makes the Grand Canyon Crossing on a high wire. 34-year-old aerialist Nick Walenda becomes the first person to walk a high wire across the Little Colorado River Gorge near Grand Canyon National Park in Arizona. Walenda wasn't wearing a safety harness as he made the quarter-mile traverse on a two-inch thick steel cable some 1,500 feet above the gorge. In June of the previous year, Walenda, a member of the famous Flying Walenda's family of circus performers, became the first person to walk a tightrope over Niagara Falls. Nick Walenda learned to walk on a wire as a young boy, and made his professional debut as an aerialist at age 13. He went on to set a number of Guinness World Records, including the longest tightrope crossing on a bicycle and the highest eight-person tightrope pyramid. In 2011, Walenda hung from a high-flying helicopter above Branson, Missouri, by his teeth. That same year, he and his mother successfully completed the high-wire walk in Puerto Rico that had killed Carl Walenda. On June 15, 2012, Nick Walenda became the first person to walk directly over Niagara Falls on a high wire. He crossed an 1,800-foot-long, 7-ton wire from the U.S. side of the falls to the Canadian side at a height of around 200 feet in about 25 minutes. Because the event was televised around the world, broadcast officials required the famous funambulist to wear a safety tether in case he fell. The following June, Walenda made his Grand Canyon Traverse, wearing jeans and a t-shirt and holding a 43-pound balancing pole he prayed out loud as he walked untethered across a 1,400-foot-long, 8.5-ton cable suspended 1,500 feet above the Little Colorado River. It was the highest walk of his career up to that point, and he completed it in just less than 23 minutes. June 24. On this date in history, in the year 1997, the U.S. Air Force reports on Roswell. The U.S. Air Force officials release a 231-page report dismissing long-standing claims of an alien spacecraft crash in Roswell, New Mexico, almost exactly 50 years earlier. Public interest in unidentified flying objects, or UFOs, began to flourish in the 1940s, when developments in space travel and the dawn of the Atomic Age caused many Americans to turn their attention to the skies the town of Roswell, located near the Pecos River in southeastern New Mexico, became a magnet for UFO believers due to the strange events of early July 1947, when ranch foreman W. W. Brazel found strange, shiny material scattered over some of his land. He turned the material over to the sheriff, who passed it on to the authorities at the nearby Air Force base. On July 8, Air Force officials announced they had recovered the wreckage of a flying disc. A local newspaper put the story on its front page, launching Roswell into the spotlight of the public's UFO fascination. The Air Force soon took back their story, however, saying the debris had been merely a downed weather balloon. Aside from die-hard UFO believers, or ufologists, public interest in the so-called Roswell incident faded until the late 1970s when claims surfaced that the military had invented the weather balloon story as a cover-up. Believers in this history argued that officials had in fact retrieved several alien bodies from the crashed spacecraft, which were now stored in the mysterious Area 51 installation in Nevada. Seeking to dispel these suspicions, the Air Force issued a 1,000-page report in 1994 Stating that the crashed object was actually a high altitude weather balloon launched from a nearby missile test site as part of a classified experiment aimed at monitoring the atmosphere in order to detect Soviet nuclear tests. On July 24, 1997, barely a week before the extravagant 50th anniversary celebration of the incident, the Air Force released yet another report on the controversial subject titled The Roswell Report case closed. The document stated definitively that there was no Pentagon evidence that any kind of life form was found in the Roswell area in connection with the reported UFO sightings and that the bodies recovered were not aliens but dummies used in parachute tests conducted in the region. Any hopes that this would be put to an end to the cover-up debate were in vain as furious Ufologists rushed to point out the report's inconsistencies. With conspiracy theories still alive and well on the internet, Roswell continues to thrive as a tourist destination for UFO enthusiasts far and wide, hosting the annual UFO Encounter Festival each July and welcoming visitors year round to its International UFO Museum and Research Center. June 25. On this date, In history, in the year 1956, Last Packard, the classic American luxury car, produced. The Last Packard, the classic American luxury car with the famously enigmatic slogan, Ask the Man Who Owns One, rolls off the production line at Packard's plant in Detroit, Michigan, on June 25, 1956. Mechanical engineer James Ward Packard and his brother William Dowd Packard built their first automobile, a buggy type vehicle with a single cylinder engine, in Warren, Ohio in 1899. The Packard Motor Car Company earned fame early on for a four cylinder aluminum speedster called the Grey Wolf, released in 1904. It became one of the first American racing cars to be available for sale to the general public. With the 1916 release of the Twin Six with its revolutionary V-12 engine, Packard established itself as the country's leading luxury car manufacturer. World War I saw Packard convert to war production earlier than most companies, and the Twin Six was adapted into the Liberty Aircraft Engine, by far the most important single output of America's wartime industry. Packards had large square bodies that suggested an elegant solidity, and the company was renowned for its hand finished attention to detail. In the 1930s, however, the superior resources of General Motors and the success of its V16 engine pushed Cadillac past Packard as the premier luxury car in America. Packard diversified by producing a smaller, more affordable model, the 120, which increased the company's sales. The coming of World War II halted consumer car production in the United States. In the post war years, Packard struggled as Cadillac maintained a firm hold on the luxury car market, and the media saddled the lumbering Packard with names like Bathtub or Pregnant Elephant. With sales dwindling by the 1950s, Packard emerged with a much larger Studebaker Corporation in the hope of cutting its production costs. The new Packard Studebaker became the fourth largest manufacturer of cars in the nation. Studebaker was struggling as well, however, and eventually dropped all of its own big cars as well as the Packard. In 1956, Packard, Studebaker's then-president James Nance, made the decision to suspend Packard's manufacturing operations in Detroit. Though the company would continue to manufacture cars in South Bend, Indiana, until 1958, The final model, produced on June 25, 1956, is considered the last true Packard. And that wraps up our This Week in History podcast for June 19 through June 25. If you'd like to learn more about Ayers LA, including streaming audio, podcasts, and more, we invite you to connect or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook social media platforms. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind and print-impaired audience. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Annette Rowe, and I'll return next week to bring you more events that happen during Next Week in History. Until then, thanks for listening.